turn, please, to Hebrews chapter 3. We've only got a few more minutes tonight, but everything's been great. I believe we're doing exactly what the Lord wants us to do. I just see some people in our church putting their foot down saying, that's it. I'm done not believing like I know to believe. I'm done just cruising and floating. Uh-uh. I'm, I'm done just waiting for stuff to happen. I'm going to line up with the Lord, line my mouth up with His Word, line my faith up with His faith, and I'm going to start seeing some changes in this world realm that need to happen in my life and people around me. There's just something inside of me that's saying, in these last days, we're not going to be wimpy. We're going to be bold. We're going to be on the front lines. So Hebrews chapter 3, are you there? Verse 1, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, who's he talking to? Us, holy brethren, who are partakers of the heavenly calling. He says to us, Consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Now, this is so interesting to me. Jesus, isn't it interesting it didn't say Jesus is the apostle and high priest of your soul? You know, oh, oh he, he's the savior of my soul. He's the lover of my soul. And I'm not saying he's not. But what did this scripture say? Apostle means sent one. High priest means he's for us. He's doing things for us. And what does it say he's able to work with in our lives? Can he just do for you what you want done? Can he just do for you what you need done? Or does he need you professing something? So he can be an effective, faithful Apostle and high priest sent to you to do what? To make real in your life what you're confessing. You, we, we, we ought to know by now. God is not able just to help people because they're dying in ICU and in, in pain, screaming out. See, how many of you know he wants every person in pain, free from pain, immediately? He wants them avoiding what caused the pain. Well, why do some people not get out of the pain? Well, the number one reason I see is what we're talking about on Sunday morning is they're not choosing to know what they need to know. Right? Well, what you don't know won't hurt you. What you don't know could destroy you. People go, well, why isn't God doing something about all the evil in the world? He has. Give me a break. He sent his word to heal people and deliver them from their destructions. And it's not his fault if they never get in the word. It's like, like somebody in the ocean with, with people throwing lifesavers at him. And, and, throw, and they just go, why did they do something to help me? Grab the lifesaver. Well, I guess the captain doesn't love me. I guess he wants me to die by a shark bite or something. Clarchomp. No, man. See, people, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. The Lord has done something. He sent his word to heal you and to deliver you from your destructions. It's not his fault if you never get in it and get your healing and your deliverance. You can't say God doesn't care and you can't say, why God allow this to happen? <laughs> you can't do that. Why does God do something about all the evil in the world? He has. He gave us Five-fold ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to help us to understand the Bible. And it ain't his fault if you never go to church. 
and hear from the teachers and the pastors and the apostles and the prophets. Well, I don't know why God didn't do something but all the evil. He has. He's given you angels. Learn how to put them to work. Well, I don't know. Well, no. This, this, you know, Lillian B. Ullman, she, she taught on divine healing. She was delivered from all kinds of crazy stuff. Just morphine addiction and almost, just almost died many times. And she was a medical doctor. She got addicted to the stuff. And then she became a skeleton with a devil inside, they called her. And she got delivered. But she said, I didn't get delivered because I prayed and prayed. She said, I prayed so much, I almost pulled all my hair out. She said, I didn't get delivered because I prayed and prayed. She said, I didn't get delivered until I got these eyes fixed on that book and read until I knew the truth and the truth made me free. And she said she'd be teaching healing classes in their healing school. And she'd be up here firing away scriptures on healing and deliverance. And there'd be people in the class chewing gum and looking out the window. She said she wanted to slap them. So they're just sitting there treating the word of God like some kind of entertainment or something. Just chewing gum. She said, but she said when the crisis of life comes, they are not going to be ready. They're not going to know what they need to know. They're not going to be able to talk like they need to talk. They're not going to be able to believe like they need to believe. They're not going to be able to resist like they need to resist. Because they weren't taking... Y'all realize this, right? You put God's Word in you when you don't need it. And then it will be there when you do need it. When? When? Everybody say when. When. Not if. When you need it. It'll be there. The Bible says, remember your creator in the days of your youth when the skies are blue and you just got your paycheck and you're going to the beach because evil days are coming and you better have some development on the inside of you before they get there. Everybody's pointing at all these outward problems as the reason they're going down when the number one reason people are going down because they just flat out ain't ready for the crisis of life like they could be. They're just not ready for the storms of life like they could be. It's so easy to blame stuff on everything else. I know one time I was, we were praying about something. That, well, actually, um, I, and I've shared this many times, but one time we were um, getting hooked up with some people and, and we thought, this is great, man. They got credentials. They went to Rama. This is wonderful. Counselors, whatever. So we kind of hooked up with them, put them on part-time staff. And, and these people kind of turned on us and got really weird. And he thought they were mature because all the learning they had. But that doesn't mean they're mature. And so they kind of did some things they shouldn't have done. And they left and kind of hurt a few people in the church. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, why, why in the world did those people do that to us? This was many years ago. And the Lord said, I said, Lord said it's your fault. But Lord, you heard what they said. You saw what they did. That was not right. He said, son, it's your fault. I never led you to hire them. You didn't pray until you knew. You just looked at credentials. You just looked at age. You just looked at the outward. And you never sought me. That's your fault that this problem happened. It's so easy to blame other people for problems that you walked into because you weren't following the leading of the Spirit properly. So easy to blame it on the person when if you would have prayed, the Spirit of God would not even led you near that person. So what, what if you were a little more spiritual and you weren't even led that direction? Well, then you wouldn't have even had that problem. Anyway, turn with me to one more scripture. 
in Proverbs 18. Is Jesus the high priest of our confession? Well, that, now the word profession in that verse is translated confession. You need to understand that. If you look it up in the Greek, the word profession is translated confession. They're actually both right. So I want to say it like this tonight. Healing and miracle night. You ready? One of the best ways to get a miracle is talk better. And one of the best ways to keep a healing and get a healing is talk better. Now listen closely, church. I like the word profession. Y'all know what a profession is? If you're an electrician and you do it a lot, that means you're a pro at it, right? You, you do it for a living. You don't just do it, you know, once a year when an outlet burns out in your house. Oh, I'm a professional electrician. No, you're just a handyman. <laughs> you, you just, you just, you, you fixed it one time. But a professional electrician works on this stuff every day. Listen closely. Every day. Whether they feel like it or not, they just get up and go to work because that's their profession. We need to treat confession like our profession. And we'll be seeing a lot more possession of the things we want in our life. Are you listening to me? Confession has got to be a profession like the scripture said. Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our profession. We're professional confessors. We take words very serious. We go to extra learning to learn how to talk better. We go to school, right? We study for years. How do I talk better? How do I talk better? What, what's more in line with God's will for my life? And, that, and you know, you, you take any profession. We all got some kind of profession, right? Even if it's housewife, right? We all got some kind of profession. What does that mean? That means you do it all the time, whether you feel like it or not. And one of the reasons you do... Because you believe the rewards of it are worth it. Now, if you don't believe the rewards are worth it, we've got a lot of people like that too. They don't work. They don't do anything. Huh? One thing that the Lord dealt with me about very strongly with when I first got saved is that He did not want me being a freeloader. You know what that means? That means that if you're benefiting from something over and over and over again, it might be good to support it. <laughs> right? I remember one time, I, I'm not proud of this, I'm not happy that I did this, but because I was young in ministry. and I was firing away one day preaching on um, tithing many, many years ago. And uh, I was preaching and there was a really nice couple in our church, you know, just, you know, good great in business and just doing well in the world and, and I'm firing away and, and, I, and I just in the middle of my sermon I said I said and we got people in our church making lots of money and not giving anything and we got my mom right over here a widow who tithes and gives above her tithe every single week for decades I said that ain't right to have freeloaders in the church oh we you were right Amen. I understand if it's tough I understand if you're in the slump, but year after year, and you're making great money, and you've got a powerful business, and my mom is supporting you when you should be supporting her. Now, I can't say that unless I'm supporting her. Right. 
Don't let the church be charged, right? If, you, if any widow has a nephew or a niece or a children or grandchildren, don't go to the church for money for them. You feed your own family. And if you can't, then come to us. It's kind of like prayer. Don't go always asking people to pray for you. Yes, at times we'll pray for you, but don't let that be instead of you praying. Is any afflicted? Let him call for the pastor. No, is any afflicted? Let him, the afflicted one, pray. Then the next verse says, is any happy? Let him sing. Well, if I'm happy, I'm not going to ask you to sing for me. I'm going to sing. Amen. And if I'm afflicted, I'm not going to get you to pray for me. Not until I've prayed and done everything I know to do. It's like, it's like some people say, just come up to you randomly say, oh, would you pray for me? Would you? Like I have nothing that I'm praying about. Like I have nothing I'm believing for. Like just suck it out of me. I mean, like, like I'm just got all this faith to spare. Make sure that it's really needed and not just something you want me to do instead of you doing it for yourself. Said, Pastor, pray for this. Oh, pray for that. Oh, pray for that. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is real stuff, man. This is getting heavy. Right. I got things I'm praying for, too. I got things I'm believing God for, too, man, to the very end. Right. Come to me if you really need help. But please, really need it. Right. Some people, you know, they'll come in for counseling and you say, All right, I tell you what, you know, I just, I just don't have any direction on what to do to help you here. Let's just go in the auditorium and pray for an hour. People get mad. I came to you for help. Sorry, I'm not God. <laughs> and I don't know, what, you're, I don't know what, what to say. Let's go pray for an hour. And if they don't want to pray and they leave mad, they didn't want help anyway. They just wanted somebody to do it all for them. Right. Is any among you afflicted? Go, that word means going through a test or a trial. Is any one of you going through a test or a trial? What's the instruction? The one going through the test or a trial, Pray. For more than 10 minutes. Yep. <laughs> right? All right. Let's, let's get to this next scripture. <laughs> this is what the Lord wanted, though. I really believe it is. And we'll end with that scripture that we went to in the offering. But in Proverbs 18, most of you know this, verse 20 and 21. Mm-hmm. Confession leads to... To a profession, and if it's a profession, it will lead to possession of healing and deliverance in, in your life. A man's life, belly, belly is not your stomach, a man's life shall be satisfied with what your mouth produces. Not what goes in it, but what comes out of it. A man will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. So if you're not satisfied, church, what should you work on? You should work on confession being your profession. This is important stuff. Um, okay, so for time's sake, let me just say this. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 says that this book of the law, the Bible, shall not depart out of your mouth. What he's saying there is don't stop speaking the word. Amen. Don't let this book of the law depart out of your mouth. Keep it in your mouth. Don't let the, this book of the law depart but meditate therein day and night. So I went to the Lord one time and said, Lord, it doesn't seem to be working. He goes, well, you're meditating in the word day. And I'm thinking, oh, 
So I have to meditate. I, now here's the interesting thought. The word meditate, and people say, I don't know how to meditate. If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. Worry is just meditating on the negative side of life. Stop that. But really, the word meditate in the Hebrew, let me tell you what it means. Are you ready? It means to roar, and it means to speak. Heavy, huh? Speak. So he, you could say it like this. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall speak it day and night. So you know what I've been doing? Man, I've seen results. It's wonderful. I speak certain things over my life and my church's life. And my, I say my church because all my family goes to church. Most, most of my family. Some of my other family members don't, and I catch them in another prayer. But um, I, I speak words out of my spirit every day concerning healing, health, prosperity, protection, and being led by the Spirit and the Lord leading me in my life. And I just say them for my spirit. And then at na- I've been doing this at night. Sometimes I'll just be resting and relaxing at home. And before I go to bed, I may not be as long as in the morning, but I knew if I was going to qualify for the prosperity and success, I better start adding night to my list of speaking the word, not just day. So I'll sit there at night just, praise God, no weapon formed against me and my family shall prosper. God gives his angels charge over us to keep us in all his ways, bearing us up in their hands lest we dash our foot against a stone. We have been delivered from the evils of this present world and the wicked one touches us not. Those words are spiritual. They go into the realm of the spirit and there's no distance or time in the spirit. So when you say those words, things in the invisible world are being affected. And since everything that's seen was not made of things which do appear, then it will show up in the physical. I know some of you are going, what did he just say? <laughs> Everything starts underground. Right. Everything starts in the invisible world. Right. And then it shows up in this world. And we operate in spiritual laws all the time. But the key is operate properly in them. Because it didn't just say life is in the power of the tongue. It said death is also in the power of the tongue. Yeah. Huh? Jesus said if you believe a thing in your heart and you keep saying it with your mouth, you will have what you say. Interesting. And when the pressure's on, I'm telling you, the pressure's going to come because the devil knows. I mean, James chapter 3 says hell is after your tongue. It's set on fire of hell. Why? Because the devil knows. He's been around. He saw God create. Or he, he knew about it. Anyway, he might not have been there. But when he, he'd seen God operate from millennia, probably after millennia, before even Adam was created, he'd seen God get results with his word, with his word. And he knows, if I can get these creatures made in the image and likeness of God, using their words against themselves, I don't even have to destroy them. They'll destroy themselves. That's right. Say this, devil. Devil. You can't have my tongue. David said, David realized this, Old Testament. He said, God put a guard on my mouth whew, that I might not sin against you. So this scripture says, if you're not satisfied, you don't need to be pointing your finger at anybody else or anything else around you. Check up what's coming out of your mouth. And it, with the increase of his lips, all right, get this now. 
shall he be filled. Huh. So you're going to have mostly what you're saying the most in your daily confessions. That's what you're going to have the most of in your life. Kind of like the Lord told me about praise and worship. He said, son, whatever you praise me for the most, you know, if you praise me for healing more than anything else, you're going to see that mostly in your life. You'll see other things too at the degree you're confessing and believing, but you're going to see most in your life what you're praising me for the most. Someday I'll give a full testimony on some things the mercy and grace of God have done for me and my family and my church. But Keith called me the other day. He said, John, because he knew some, known some of the things we have gone through, he says, hardly anybody, anybody makes it through what you made it through. Amen. Hardly anybody gets through and restores. He says, I know. I go everywhere. I've been in the ministry for, for you know, 30 years plus. He said, this is not, this is not normal. Right. What this church has gotten through, what we've gotten through, he said, this is not normal. You need to be thanking the Lord. Because this is high level mercy and grace. And I thought, that's what the Lord told me. He said, you're going to see mostly in your life what you praise him and thank him the most for. Amen. That has a lot to do with confession too. You'll see mostly in your life what you're confessing and what you're praising God the most for. So if you want to see more healing or more miracles, what should you be thanking God for a lot? With the increase of his lips, he shall be filled. Filled with what? Whatever you're upping your confession in. Whatever you're increasing your confession in. Peace of mind? Huh? Healing for your body? Health? A miracle? You can praise yourself into anything the Lord's provided for you. And it's not works. It's simply, Lord, we love you and we thank you. And it's also keeping yourself at a distance from all this unbelief in this world. It's not the easiest thing to maintain a positive confession when you're not in church and you're out there in the real world. 29 bills hit you and a lawsuit comes over here and this person cusses you out over here and this happens over here and a death of a loved one. It's not the easiest thing in the world to go, Wherefore, sirs, I believe God. None of these things move me. It'll be even as it was told me. You may feel like a fool saying that in the midst of those circumstances. But in heaven's eyes, you're not a fool. You're somebody there. They're going, go, 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 go. Because they know what it's like. They've been here. That cloud of witnesses. So, next verse. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. All right, let's uh, just go to that last scripture then that we um, went to during the uh, intro in Genesis chapter 2. Let's go back there. We'll close with this. Genesis 2. Everybody say this. Confession, Confession. Is, work. is work. If your faith can't move your mouth... Don't expect it to move any mountains. Jesus said, the faith in your heart has to first affect your words before it can affect the problems in your life. Isn't that what Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty three? Whoever says to this mountain, or cancer, or depression, or fear, you've got to start talking to some of these things like Jesus taught us to. And say, mountain, no. 
No, no, no. I found out in the Word of God that you are not supposed to be a part of my life. Jesus bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases, and He didn't bear them and carry them so I'd have to. He did it so I wouldn't have to. And speak to it like Jesus said. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, figurative of any big problem in your life. Say, well, I, that sounds strange. It's strange not to do what Jesus said to do, church. Amen. Come on, let's, let's, let's make sure we know what's strange and what's normal. The world says speaking to things is strange. God says it's normal. Who are you going to go with? You, you got something standing in front of you? Look at it and say, no. You're, no, Jesus redeemed me from depression. I refuse to have it. You may feel totally depressed while you're saying it, but you're changing it. The Lord's, the Lord's moving on it. He's, he's able to work because you're giving him something to work with. He's the high priest of what? Our confession. He works with our words. So Genesis chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 3. And we'll close with this. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Genesis 1, he said, let there be, let there be, let there be. God said, God said, God said, God said, God said, God said, God said. And then he said, the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work. So we're looking at it again. So what did he do? He worked. Don't kid yourself. It's work. To talk like you're supposed to talk. In the midst of forces trying to get you to talk like something else. In your own body and emotions at times. Come on. He ended his work which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. Go ahead. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because that in that he had rested from all his work which God created and made. I want to encourage you tonight. And I'm not asking you to do something I'm not doing. I've started this. I've been doing it on a higher level for a while now. I want to encourage you. Speak the word day and night. And watch out about dual confessions. Do you know what I mean by dual confessions? What I mean is, when you're feeling great, when you're in church and you're saying, Praise God supplies all my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Woohoo! Say it again. And then, Tuesday morning... Pressure comes, car gets a flat, engine blows, dog gets sick, cat throws up, whatever. And you're thinking, money, 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 money. I just, I just got to a place where I could say. And, and right then, you're going to be pressured to make a dual confession and say something against what you said in church. Because I'm telling you guys, if we keep bouncing back and forth, going from curb to curb to curb, we're never going to get to our destination. Here's the good thing. I, I personally, I like to acknowledge bad confessions that I know I made as something I shouldn't have done. If you're going to walk in the light, you know, <laughs> do you realize that acknowledging you did something that you shouldn't have done, do you realize that? Let me just say it like it is. Do you realize confessing your sin to the Lord takes courage? This is why some people don't want to believe they have to confess their sins anymore. They lack courage. It's not the easiest thing to admit. Because if you're walking in the light, 
the light's going to show it up anyway, if you're walking in the light. But the good news is this, you can confess it and be free from it before, you're, before you even get out of the house. Right? Acknowledge it. If you've made some bad confessions, I, I just, I don't know about you, but I live in prayer. I'm constantly talking to the Lord. If I mess up, I go, oh, Lord, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. That was wrong, Lord. I, 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 I repent. That, that, I acknowledge that is wrong, and I'm turning from that with your help. It's really cool when you go three weeks and not have to say that. Some people think you have to sin every day. No, no, no. Your thoughts can be pure for three weeks. Yes, sir. As long as you're casting down the wrong, right? Your words can be right for three weeks. You can make your body do only right for three weeks. Yes, sir. Four weeks. All you're accountable for is what you know is wrong and what you know is right. So don't worry about the stuff you don't know about yet. Just walk in the light. Light of what? Light of what you know. You'll grow. You'll know more as you go your way. But all the Lord requires is that we walk in the light. So you, how many believe you can walk in the light? Do what you know to do and stay away from what you know you should stay away from. How many know you could, you could live like that for three months? Yep. How? By the power of God, by the grace of God. If you can't, then grace must not be that powerful. Grace is not just there to forgive you when you fall. It's also to help you live like Him. I wore my Amazing Grace bracelet today because one of the revelations the Lord gave me when I was teaching it was that there's always grace everywhere I go and I have been missing opportunities to appropriate it. I've been going the worry route or whatever route. And I, when I put this bracelet on, I think, man, there's grace everywhere I go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That means Joe could do something that just really irks me and I'm just okay because I got grace to deal with it. <laughs> Which he would never do. Can you picture Joe ever doing anything to irk you? Yeah. Never. Let's stand up, church.